0: Now on to the show.
1: So first, let me just say welcome to everybody who's already joining us. So glad to see your faces. Glad to have you here with us. And welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I'll be your host. And today we're talking about habits. This is a conversation that we have just a little bit all the time habits is something that we're almost always bringing up or talking about in part tied to all the things we do as artists and business people and these habits can come in many forms from the codified habits that we build as part of our systems those standard operating procedures that we use to get stuff done or habits we don't even realize that we are partaking in from physical habits things we actually do and carry out with our body to mental habits of thought things that we think without realizing it and these habits have such a profound impact on our lives that it actually can <laughs> excuse me it cannot be overstated how important they are because well for a lot of reasons that's what we're actually going to start with so first let's make sure that we understand what is actually happening when we carry out a habit. So by evolution, our brains are the most calorie hungry part of our body. Our brain consumes more calories um given its weight and size than anything else does. And that's actually where much of our resting calorie burn our metabolism that's actually much of what burns all those calories is your brain. And the more you think and the more you engage in mental activity, the more calories you burn. So, of course, you can imagine with your brain's job being keep you alive, that a lot of what your brain tries to do is say, how can we cut down the amount of calories we're burning? And one of the main ways your brain does this is by creating these habit loops. So a trigger will happen, followed by a behavior and then some kind of reward. It doesn't always have to be a very wonderful, pleasurable reward. Um, but it serves us in some way. And then uh, the habit loop is finished and we're like, okay, that's done and we feel better. Um, But it begins with the trigger. You carry out that activity, you get some kind of reward. And then that piece of data, this this is what we do. This habit is stored in our basal ganglia, which is this part of your brain that you don't actually have active access to. You can't think your way into a different habit. You can't get your way into, you know, your basal ganglia and pull stuff out and be like, I don't want to use this one. I do want to use this one. You don't get a choice. Once a habit is formed and it's in there, it's stuck. So habits are doing a few things for us, right? And it's kind of a strange skeleton key into your behavior. Because if you can build habits for yourself that are um, serving you and then you can make them so easily repeatable that all of a sudden you're doing them without having to think about it then you can work your way into all kinds of behaviors that will serve you from working out to writing the next uh, chapter of your book to getting that art commission done for the client you didn't really want to work on and everything else all of these things including that coveted flow state can be accessed through the power of habit and so as artists, if we can take advantage of being able to more easily slip into that flow state or into those creative spaces, obviously that's going to make our job a lot easier. We don't have to wait on the whims of the muses in order to feel like we can create something that's inspiring. So today, I want to talk about what habits do we have now that are serving us? because if I can learn some cool habit that Psalm has built into his day that makes him more productive, and you can learn some cool habit that Becca uses during her day to help her get into a creative space, then we can break those things down and recognize how we can take them and maybe adapt them to our own workflow or to our day. And uh, you can actually see this at work in a lot of professional athletes you'll see that there are certain tasks that they complete the same way every single time. It might be when they step up to the plate that they kick the dust off both shoes and then they flip their bat and then they settle in, right? Or they flip the ball three or four times before they catch it and get ready. Or when they're about to take a three point shot, you'll see oftentimes basketball players will use the exact same series before every time they have to shoot because it helps them to access that space i guess most of the time it's for three free throws and not three pointers but anyway you get the point um, and we'll do this often in training as well because if you can access that same place in your brain through those behaviors then all of a sudden you have an increased ability to do what you want to do the same way every time so success tends to happen on a percentage base more often So to get us started, I would love to hear from our panelists. Do you guys have any habits, any daily habits that you engage in that you think are beneficial to your health and welfare, your mindset, your business, your art, that is something other people might be able to adapt and use themselves? And even if they can't, maybe you can explain how that's beneficial so that some of the folks who are listening might be able to start generating some ideas for building their own routines that may assist them in getting stuff done during the day. Okay, I will, I'll start, um, and y'all be thinking, Done. I'm going to grab you.
0: Does magic bean juice count?
1: Yeah, absolutely it does. It sure does. Okay. So um, I have a couple of particular habits that I built on purpose um, understanding that this is the way that our brain functions in order to help me get into certain mind spaces. So I've mentioned before that before I get down to serious writing, like if I'm drafting a book or I'm going through a serious revision, I go and make myself a cup of tea. And this is not a huge time-consuming habit to follow. It takes a few minutes to boil the water and the tea and put some honey and some cream in there, but it is a way for me to trigger my body and my brain that now it's time to write. And I save that specifically for those moments. So I try not to just have tea all the time. I still, I mean, I will still have it, you know, every now and then, but I try not to make it a habit um, outside of that particular thing because I'm using that to trigger my brain and to say, now it is time to get down to business and it's it's crazy how quickly my mindset will shift from whatever i was thinking about before worries that i have about the day or what's going on with my kids at school or anything else and start to shift over to okay how am i gonna close this plot hole or fix this you know issue with the book um it happens really really surprisingly quickly because that same series of steps i do every single time It's built into that basal ganglia. So my body wants to complete those tasks without being told. And if you've ever accidentally started driving yourself to work when you intended to go to the store, you will realize how powerful those habits are because your body and your brain have codified it and stuck it back in that back drawer of your head. And you'll just automatically carry out that task without realizing that that's what you're doing. So I'm accessing that by making myself that cup of tea every time before I write, and the more I do it and the more successful it makes me, the more codified that little habit becomes until all of a sudden now I uh now I can get myself there with relatively little effort. And the best part is it's an enjoyable task. I've mentioned how much I love my tea set um and using the pieces of my tea set they just make me happy. So in a way I'm getting to I'm getting that reward double time I'm doing a habit that I enjoy for tea that is yummy getting to write which I love so it's all wrapped up in good stuff Um, and so that's one that helps me a lot and obviously being here with everybody in the morning going on a morning walk this is also a habit moving is helping me get access to parts of my brain that I don't necessarily get when I'm stagnant when I'm sitting still you guys wake me up in the morning being outdoors does the same thing. Um, I can access flow states really easily, which is why you hear me talk for a half hour without breathing. (laughs) I'm getting into all of my thoughts around the subject without having to work at it. So this has become a habit as well. And these things set me up for the rest of my day. And it does it without much effort in a way that's benefiting me. And that's just two things out of the many that we can use to build those kind of habits that serve us during the rest of our day. And those are a couple of mine. Um, You will see sometimes artists will do warm-up exercises the same way every single time, lines, shapes, different forms, things that they'll do to warm up, you know, the muscles and the tendons in their hand and wrist so that when it's time to start drawing, everything is good to go. They'll often even do those things in very similar ways so that they can access that flow state. So hopefully that was helpful and kind of got your mind rolling a little bit on what potential habits you might have during the day that you could share. Habits of business, habits of regular life, habits of creation, whatever. So now I'm going to poke my panelists. Do you guys have any habits that serve you during the day?
0: It's interesting that that habits are the the topic, um, because I like I, I mentioned you know I pulled you know iPad uh, Play out uh, earlier and it was specifically to break my normal habit of email work do the things. Uh, right now I'm I'm working on submissions for TPM and WPPI that are all due like yesterday, and. I've really been struggling to choose imagery because I've been so focused on like personal branding and all of these sponsorship things and rah, rah, rah for a hot minute. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, you know what? I still have four submissions to work on for WPPI today. And there's no time limit on it, so I can draw from from past work. But I wanted to put myself in a state where I was looking at things a little differently instead of like two plus two equals four. Um, and yeah so normally i'm I'm don't play in iPad land early on in the day. that's usually something reserved for like free time, uh, but I'm forcing myself into some play time on the front end of my day instead just you know that's kind of passive I can just chill out on my couch here with my dogs and talk on the panel with you guys this morning and you know just draw and flow and experiment and play uh, just to see how that shifts my mindset when I do pull up Lightroom and go okay what do you have raw files for what can you create what can you
2: submit
1: Ooh, I really love that Right now you are actually talking about breaking those habits and it's so interesting, Kat, and I think you're absolutely on to something really cool here. So many of us without realizing it will without realizing it will have some kind of a morning routine that we follow, right? Whether that's I wake up, I slip on my house shoes, I brush my teeth, I put my hair up, I wash my face, and those cycles are repeated every single time and they're really priming your brain for what you're gonna do that day, which is why When Becca said, it still feels like Monday, right? Now, because we extended the weekend, the kids didn't go to school. Now they're going to school. This is what happens on Monday. So to your brain, it is Monday. I mean, it might as well be. And it'll mess you up for the rest of the week too because when Friday shows up, you're used to that five-day schedule and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. (laughs) You get this really weird, deep, uncomfortable feeling. Um, But you're absolutely right. So following that series of events in the morning Sets up your brain for this is a regular work day and you are doing something to break that cycle Which I think is so smart because I I think you're absolutely right Um, You would be looking at things in a different way if you were in work brain as opposed to Art or create brain. I think it's so cool to start that way Is that something you do regularly try to break habits based on? uh, On what you need from yourself?
0: i mean it all depends on intention right um like i just realized like okay i really because i i think i narrowed it down to two submissions yesterday and that took me all day long Uh, and i was like okay let's see what we can shift just by changing the morning routine
1: so smart so smart and it's interesting because it it really actually shows the power of habit backwards how It actually takes an act of purpose to break out of those habits of thought that you build up Almost without realizing it and so many of us will have many many habits that we don't realize we're doing Because our brain is so clever About the way that they're performed Um, But I, I love that as an example and I think people can take that and use it really purposefully um, for exactly the reason you are. If you need to access a different brain state, you have to try doing something differently. And that can sometimes be as simple as brushing your teeth with your other hand. They've found that that actually hard. makes you more creative. It is. It's not easy at all. I tried it. <laughs> um, but yeah, even just that helps you think more creatively. So it's really super cool. Basam Becca. Do you have any habits that you perform during the day with the, you know, understanding that those benefit you in some way, whether that's personally or with work or whatever?
0: I'm hoping Becca chimes in because I'm having a hard time (laughs) coming up with anything to discuss here.
3: Well, I uh, I am not a creature of habit. I'm a creature of chaos, not because it serves me, but just because I am a mental disaster of a person. Um, not entirely. I mean, I, I do have kind of daily habits, and it's it's like my day starts out with good habits in mind, and then it just kind of devolves. And a lot of that is because I'm home with a toddler, and if anyone else has been home all day with a toddler – you know that maintaining habits and maintaining chaos is incredibly difficult. Um, But my mornings tend to start out with pretty good habits. I get up when my partner gets up, he goes to work really, really early in the morning, get up, make coffee, go work out. um, And that's when I get my TV in to kind of kickstart my brain a little bit and kind of try to start some brain activity and follow a story. I don't let myself watch TV unless I'm working out. So that's my routine. And then I start getting the kids up for school. I'm on here with you guys. I sit down afterwards and I start going through my email. I go through social media. And then I attempt to actually make some artwork, but that's about when the smallest child gets up and it begins to devolve. So I am not going to even pretend (laughs) to have good habits in place right now because I really, really don't. And it's not because I don't want to. They're just very, very hard to maintain when I don't have that full Capacity for control of my environment.
1: For sure. And I think a lot of people will be able to identify with that. And it's so interesting to me how you listed a whole bunch of good habits and then said, I don't have any good habits. (laughs) Like um, getting up and working out and limiting TV time to certain times, which is part of a way that you're um, rewarding your brain for working out and making sure that you keep that for that particular activity um I find it really funny (laughs) that you're like no no habits chaos chaos here's all my habits but I don't have any good habits
3: (laughs) well that's what I mean like it starts good it starts good and I do my workout and I go and I brush my teeth and I wash my face and I do my skincare and I pretend that I'm like a put together person and then the reality kicks in like an hour later
1: (laughs) well I bet the fact that you have a morning routine is probably going to make it a lot easier to build other habits for yourself when the small goblin goes to school. Um, however, I will say habits were actually a big part of, um, of controlling the chaos when my kiddos were little because there were certain things that were built very clearly to give boundaries to the day so that um, there were was, was times when you didn't get to mess with mom. Like, this is now the thing you do and I do, and you leave me alone. And it was repeated so much that that was what they understood. And particularly around bedtime was a big one that we built habits around. Because the kids slept with me for the first year and change of their life. And then they transitioned to their own beds. And that transition was made really purposefully and repetitive over and over and over again. So that shortly after that transition, they would sleep in their own rooms. With the light off by themselves and then they don't they're not allowed to come and get into my room in the morning unless um, the door is open so they don't get to just come wake mom up unless something's wrong so those kinds of habits that we built um, just made boundaries and helped control the chaos for us a little bit um, of course not completely and sometimes the rules would break but they still helped to kind of form the boundaries of our day and you are almost outside of even having to do
3: that. <laughs> so soon, on. so soon. And like those kind of things, they worked really well with my older kids. Um, and we had established habits and established schedules. And then um the universe was like, you know what you need? You need a complete demon child to throw your life for a loop right now. So, home stretch, home stretch. And then I'll come back next year and tell you guys about my excellent habits, which <laughs> I'm sure. Will-
1: but she's going to be like the best adult ever. I know it. I can't wait.
3: Here's Hope. She's a brilliant, very interesting, stubborn, creative little child. And uh, we'll see how that evolves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The kids that are difficult to raise when they're small are always the best adults. Okay, so I now want to ask our friends in the audience today, what habits have you built up that help you, that serve you, whether that is artistic ones that help you be more creative, whether that is business ones, which I'm sure both Bassam and Kat could have actually talked about. And if you guys can think of ones, that would be fantastic. And of course, those business habits are actually built in the form of systems, right? And so when you carry out those systems before long, they do become habit, which is exactly why Kat needed to break her, um, her normal way of thinking in the morning by doing some creative stuff on the iPad because those habits are so ingrained. So, um, Basam and and Kat, if you end end up having any of those that you can think of, kind of systems that you've built purposefully for certain things that have become habit, even that stuff is probably super helpful. So, I'm bringing up Carol. Ooh, for some reason, I'm not being able to grab. Don't worry. Oh, there she is. Okay. So, Michelle, good morning. So, glad to see you. It's been a while since we've got to chat with you. And then, Carol, we'll hear from you.
2: Hey, good morning. Yeah, it's been a bit um no talking about things to do like all these systems and habits and whatnot and uh i guess for me first i wake up and the one thing the pandemic taught me was venti i smoke a stirred no whip with almond milk so i make my espresso every morning so like that's it i have to do that and it's like it's that comb thing then obviously like next is like time with my dog but when i'm outside so like my first breath of fresh air outside that's when i stop and wherever the sun is shining on me i just you know dog's doing her own thing I'm standing there, I think my neighbors think I'm crazy, I close my eyes and literally just have just that few minutes, you know, actually probably more like two minutes, but that, you know, a prayer, just a silent prayer, you know, and thinking, you know, for me, it's it's God, but for, you know, the, you know, just gratitude, just starting with gratitude and going down this like quick list of you know these things and these people i'm so happy about and then you know whatever's next or whatever my intentions are you know next and then when i you know for me i mean my son's 24 so i'm well past having you know the the little crazies and all that and i did the work from work from home and studio owner stuff when my son was little so oh trust me i i've lived it i've lived it i've lived it but now that he's an adult with his own family, you know, it's just, you know, it's just me. So, you know, I'm, I'm up, I'm thinking, I'm ready to go. And when I actually start my day, you know, whether it be working here at, you know, my home office or at my studio, the thing that I have learned, and it's so simple. I grab the notepad and then first the thing, you know, at top it says to-do list. I scratch off to-do and because you know, I, I just hate those words it just makes me crazy and then the next part of it i literally will take the things that i know i need to accomplish you know in a day and i will like write them in blocks anything that has to get done before noon anything that has to get done before, let's say four o'clock, because I want to be, if I don't have a shoot that day, I want to be winding up and leaving my studio or on then to come home and just be home and punch out for the day. But that's the, for me, that's the big thing. That's the thing that I found works the best because I am a creature of habit and I'm also a creature of chaos. So I can have my certain habits, but then a day can get away from you really easy. So that's, you know, this thing with these time blocks, because that way you don't have this like to do list and whatever you had, you know, that you didn't do, that makes you feel like a failure. And then you have to flip it to the next day. It's like, no, when do you need it to get it done by? And then that's the block. Like some people, it could be all the things that have to happen before I even go to my studio. And then the next part could be anything that has to get done before this. And then give yourself that time in the middle, like, I don't know, lunch, <laughs> you know, give yourself a minute to eat. And then after that, you know, what what's the next block? But for me, I am telling you what, I have been doing this for probably the last year now. And it makes so much sense. And now if there is something that has to carry over into the next day, then guess what? I do know, look, if this has to be done by, you know, the next day it has to be done before noon, bam, it has to go in the morning, everything else and I can shift, but it's, it's um, I don't wanna say it's rare, but it's, it's just not often that I have to keep just adding on things to the next day. So if anyone is like me and likes to have the notepad and, you know, just write down what you need to do, try putting them in time blocks and, and there you go. It's like, it just feels, and oh, and a highlighter. I take a purple highlighter and as I accomplish each one of these, whatever they are tasks, I'll slice it out, just slice it out. And just that act of like crossing something off with a color I like. Um, I don't know what that does, but it, it just makes you so happy. You're like yeah there's another thing gone there's another thing gone and then at the end of the day you're like wow look at that i actually get like almost everything done today this is amazing now i can punch out and go breathe and you know go do whatever you need but yeah that's that's basically my my almost every day but hopefully any of that will help and if anyone wants that uh, mocha recipe no i'm i'm your girl i'm good at espresso
1: (laughs) that's awesome michelle there was a lot of great stuff in there um, and particularly, you know, as you were mentioning your list and everything um, those crossing off those things, man, that is a habit reward right there. Like you get to feel productive, like you're moving forward. You're getting these little dopamine hits of, of you know, crossing off that stuff off your list, which is fantastic. I love the, the moment in the sun. I think that's a really beautiful way to start off your day. So I connected with that really deeply, but also um, in the line of, you know, having a a notepad or journaling, y'all, that can be a really incredible way to either start or begin your day or both in part because it helps center your mind a little bit. Um, Whether that you need that before sleep, a lot of people need to quiet their mind in order to be able to sleep. And the act of journaling is a powerful way to do that because you don't have to write anything in particular except just empty out what's left in there. That way, when you're ready to sleep, you don't have it banging around inside your head, keeping you awake. And then in the morning, of course, we've talked about the fact before that when you're sleeping or when you're in these really particular brain wave states, your brain is accessing more parts of itself than it does when it's awake. And so when you first wake up, you may have a lot of really creative stuff going on inside your brain. You could take advantage of that through journaling Um, and some people will use that to actually plan their day and say okay what is it that needs to get done exactly like michelle is doing some people will use that just to record their dreams but whatever it is having those things built in as habits the other thing you mentioned michelle that i wanted to touch on is um when you're getting ready to leave your studio and come home for the day it sounds like and you tell me if i'm wrong but from the way you described it It sounds like you've almost ritualized that in a way so that when you're done with it and you're heading home, you don't get to access work anymore. Work is gone. It's not part of what you're thinking of because you've done a kind of ritual that lets you leave it in the studio.
2: Well, what it is that I get to leave in the studio is the business end of things. You know, like if a client is waiting on an order or, you know, editing things like the, the business end, You know the non-romantic fun stuff is like that gets to be left so that when you know i take that deep breath i'm like okay good that everyone's caught up everyone has everything i've taken care of everybody now time to go take care of me and then when i'm you know i get home i'm with my dog i'm happy at this point you know my husband's at work and that is the the creative time i mean kat was saying that like when i chimed in here she was saying something about like it took her a whole day you know work on things and and there's times kind of stuff will be on my mind like oh my gosh i want to look at my submissions but you know you got to get rid of all the business stuff first So for me like that time when i'm quote punched out from the business end You know, because again, if you're a studio owner, you are a grown up business. You're not, it's not just this like fun hobby thing that you do, it's this amazing thing that you're responsible for. So, you know, I take care of the business end, punch out. And then when I'm home, that's ease and that for me, really start getting those ideas and like you were saying journaling well i've got the sketch pad and i'll start sketching out what i want something to look like and i'm actually working on this thing we're shooting the uh first of february and it's all my on my my dance team and they've got you know raven feathers and dresses and stuff but i've been sketching out every night what these are going to look like and that's my time so yeah i guess it is it is a ritual it's like oh on And now it's time to be and to think and let like when for me i get to let all those big ideas just kind of happen and um you know that's it is it's it's just for me it works i hope someone tries it (laughs) because trust me slicing things off with that purple highlighter it is it's like yes 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 done and ah now time to go live
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely And um, that's one of the things I did want to make sure that we brought up during this conversation is the power of ritual and ritual is essentially another way that you can kind of unlock that habit, but it does something special. When you take a habit and you turn it into a ritual, it takes on an almost spiritual importance to you and it's a signal to your brain that you are doing something right now that matters. It's not just, I need to go throw these things in the trash. It is taking part in something that is going to affect you deeply and being able to free your mind to leave work at work and home at home and let the creative space be in a way holy. Um, The rituals that surround that actually become incredibly important and you can build your rituals around anything that matters to you, it just takes a little bit of purpose. That's pretty much it. This is why even a beautiful thing like tea can become ceremony, right? You can turn these simple things into rituals. You perform them the same way, you slow down, you force yourself to be present for those things, enjoy what they actually mean in the moment, and then allows you to access that other part of your brain. So never take for granted the power of a ritual and think about how you can build them for yourself around those things that you want to keep holy whether that is holy just meaning separated from other things and special right so whether that's your creative time or whether that is your ideation time or your time with your spouse or your kids whatever it is you can have those rituals that allow you to separate those parts of the day from each other get into the mind space that you want to be in so do that folks okay carol want to hear from you what habits you have that you think are beneficial and then cicilla will hear from you after that
4: um one major thing that really helped is well this room actually because it was hard for me to ever have a regular sleep schedule and i'm not a morning person and yesterday i missed because my sleep got messed up during the night you know um but getting up the same time every day listening to uh my body at night when it's time for me to sleep even though i i may you know trying to schedule things that have an ending when it's toward the end of the day so that I can go to sleep and feel like, okay, I accomplished that and I'm done with it. And um, I can't claim credit for this, but the, the term that this guy, my friend Godwin, came up with, habit stacking is really cool and i'm i'm wanting to build on that and basically it's like okay get up in the morning have the coffee listen to the artist forge um and then i go and i take my pills so i don't forget i was taking my pills at all different times of day and it's like blood pressure and stuff you really shouldn't do that and so you guys have helped me um regulate really and um the other thing is we had a big change because my husband used to work nights and so there were time blocks but it was uh it was it was hard because at least a couple times a uh, couple days a week you know he'd switch from nights to days on the weekend just like that <laughs> and you know it takes your body a while to uh even you know i you can't i don't think you can do a habit that is, you know, every five days, uh, don't sleep at this time, you know. <laughs> For me anyway, I, I found that very disruptive. On the other hand, it gave me uh, you know, um container sized bits of time where it was natural to do certain things, right? So now I'm retirement, the the thing has completely changed. And so I'm trying to build on the habit stacking of my morning routine to try and incorporate some of the other you know um, things that that I want to get done and we haven't quite figured that out between my husband and myself because he's a morning person. I'm up in the morning now but my mornings are filled with clubhouse rooms that I'm active in that I want to participate in that I've learned so much from. ADHD and things like that. Um, so we haven't we haven't had a a regular meeting time that will suffice for both our needs, except on the weekends where I don't do anything on you know on Clubhouse. So anyway, um, and I related to what Michelle said, something about crumbling up the post it note is like crossing off on the list. It announces to the world the universe this is the end i did it (laughs) so anyway just i'd share that thanks so much i'm done
1: thank you for that carol and i'm I'm so glad first to hear that being here in the morning has helped you kind of start to build those habit stacks and if you haven't yet this is for everybody we were kind of incidentally as a group reading a book called Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and this um, this is an idea that he talks about in there as well. When you're trying to build new habits, it's a really great idea to have the last part of the previous habit be the trigger for the new one. So for Carol, when clubhouse is over, that's the trigger, go take my medicine, right? So you can stack these habits on one another just like you're saying and have them be the trigger for the next part of the habit, for things that you really need to build into your day. And of course, there may be some folks right now. Sorry, I'm on the big hill, guys. There may be some folks right now. Habits? I'm an RC. i habit. i the madness. Um, and let me just tell you that if madness is your habit, it's still a habit. It is a habit of thought. It is a habit of a way of being. Um, You know, Becca mentioned being a creature of chaos. That becomes a habit, folks. It becomes a habit of the way you think. And there's something you're getting from it, even if you don't necessarily realize what it is. It may be the excitement of the things that change and you needing that dopamine hit of, ooh, new, new thing. Change up the old thing, new thing is here now. It may be that you connect your identity as an artist with the idea of chaos or the idea of staying up late when everybody else is asleep. That's your art side, right? You stay up till the wee hours because you are an artiste and you are special. <laughs> and we, and this is not, please believe me that this is not meant to sound denigrating in any way. What it's meant to explain is the fact that these habits include our way of being that are tied to our identity so when we say things like i'm not a morning person what we're doing is tying ourselves into our belief about who we are right and that can be incredibly powerful on both sides sometimes we want to take advantage of that and even dig deeper into that and say you know i'm not a morning person therefore I'm gonna orient my day so that my productivity happens later. I'm not gonna try to force something on myself and build a habit during this time because I recognize this is not the ideal time for me. And so I'm gonna move that, I'm gonna move that time block or whatever it is I've set aside for this thing to a part of the day when I'm more productive and maybe that's two o'clock in the morning. Um, And for others of us, sometimes it can be uh, holding us back, right? Saying I'm not this or this is the only time I can do this um doing that sometimes when we've tied ourselves into those habits of being oh you cute little tiny bunny he was right by the road um when we've tied ourselves into those those habits and those ways of being those habits of thought they can cut us off from places we're trying to get or things we want to do so just recognizing that that is kind of a um beneath the surface truism that we're all um in the book james clear calls it you're casting votes so every time you complete one of these behaviors whether that is um a behavior uh in your physical body and yourself a thing you do or a thing you think about who you are you're casting votes for that version of yourself and if you want to be able to change that you have to start change changing what you're voting for on a daily basis and sometimes that means those beliefs about who we are whether we believe ourselves to be morning people or, you know, whatever it is. I don't, I guess I'm a morning person by by habit. Um, I don't know that I am necessarily by, by, I don't think of myself necessarily in that way, but I certainly wake up at about six o'clock every morning and come and do this with you guys. So in a way I suppose I am, but it's not an identity part of me. So if I need to change that, it's not really an issue. Um, but it would require breaking a whole bunch of habits, right? And that makes you uncomfortable. It makes you feel anxious when you break a habit. It's intended to do that so that you will continue that habit loop without it being broken. And I bet you a good amount of people in this room today, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is roll over and pick up your phone. That's a habit too. So Sisala, moving on to you. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Do you have any habits? That you find are beneficial in some way.
5: Well, first off, can you please get out of my head? Um, <laughs> all those things that you just said is is so true to me. I have defined myself as a night owl for all of my life. I have always used the narrative I am the most productive at night. As early, like that, I did that like. An hour ago with a friend of mine. Um, and you're so right that that uh, what we say and tell ourselves is also what's come, what comes true. Um, so, yeah, I'm working on breaking it. Um, so a year ago, or a little longer than a year ago, I went through divorce and all these different things. And I had, for the longest time been stuck in really unhealthy loops, food-wise, exercise-wise, habit-wise. Everything was just a mess. Um, And the first thing I did, because I'm not very... I haven't been very good in the past building habits but I'm working on it Um, and one of the first things that I did was I introduced a skincare routine and uh, added that to brushing my teeth so every morning I would do my skincare brush my teeth every night I would do the same thing if I didn't accomplish anything else else during the day that at least I would have accomplished that and honestly it is the only habit so far in my entire life that have positive habits that I've changed (laughs) that have stuck. Um, so now I'm building on those. And actually this week I started, um, I I made a a schedule for myself for a week out. I'm not going to do longer than that because I don't know about you guys, but I have this tendency to, um, if I set myself too high goals, I set myself up for failure. So let's say I want to, I want to empty the dishes, well, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to do the, the the plates. And then if I don't feel like doing more than that, I can stop. I always end up emptying the entire dishwasher. Um, and I'm doing the same thing for these habits. So I have actually scheduled out my, my week. Um, and not just with what the things that my appointments and whatnot, but there I've also scheduled time for me. I have scheduled time for going to the gym, working with my trainer. Another thing that I've committed to um i've scheduled uh wine dine downtime reading time all these different things because if i don't schedule these things if i don't schedule sitting down doing my social media for my business uh or similar then i won't get it done historically speaking so i guess my point is that i don't really like I'm working on my habits I'm working on new behaviors I'm working on my rituals um getting up at a proper hour because frankly yes I do pr- thrive well at night however most of the world doesn't <laughs> including my clients so so for me it's been really it is really important to to build routines around these things and keep reinforcing them um ask me in a week how it's going because I, I I'm nervous, um, but also I'm I'm really trying to keep um, talking positively about these things. Saying I'm totally doing this. Um, I'm sorry if I'm sounding a little bit scattered, but that's because this is new. I haven't been a creature of habit before in that sense, other than like things that pulled me further down. Now I'm trying to build healthy, sustainable habits around my life that will propel me on in my business on in my personal life in my fitness sleep all these wonderful things so yeah habits are important <laughs> yes
1: I, I think so many people can identify with where you're at Cicilla. and um particularly in the new year we tend to do this we go okay it's going to be a different me this year and i'm going to have all these good habits i'm going to build these things up and then they become like the gospel for a little while and they slowly start to fall apart and then we're like oh no i didn't even realize i wasn't doing them anymore and there's some really important reasons for that um, but first i want to make sure that i i touch on something that you said and then just reinforce this idea um if you are a night person that's great right but you said something that i think we have to keep in mind but my clients aren't right And the people that I need to be doing business with or the people that I need to be helping me or whatever are not. And so all of a sudden now we're forced to take something that works really well for us and flip it around because there's some part of it that's not serving us. And that really is the journey of, of building new habits. It's recognizing this feels good and it seems to work for me, but it's not good all the way around. something needs to change like i get a whole heck of a lot of comfort out of sitting down and eating something sweet pastries are like my favorite thing if i can sit down with a pastry and just mm, it just makes me so damn happy however there's a a bad part to that as well right if i'm not watching my health and i'm eating too many of them then it's gonna drag me down a road i don't want to go down so i have to look at that habit and give it a place and give it a meaning Maybe. I only get to have the pastry when I've completed something or when my husband and I are watching the Great British Baking Show or whatever it is, right? There's there's something that's tied to, like Becca has with exercise and TV, where those are the times I get to do those things. And so I'm putting boundaries on that habit. And what happens is when we start to change those things, we've got kind of two main difficulties there. Number one is that the old habit is really deeply ingrained. And once we start trying to break it, we'll feel the discomfort and the anxiety that our brain has purposefully programmed in in order to keep us doing those habits. Oftentimes, when people try to quit smoking, it is not so much the physical desire for the nicotine that keeps people addicted. It's the fact that cigarettes have become a really important part of habit loops that fulfill some kind of psychological need, the need to feel like they're calming themselves down. When people are stressed out, they will often grab a cigarette. They need to go somewhere and have a smoke and chill. And that is doing it for them, right? Or if you've had a cup of coffee, you always have a cigarette. These different ways that these habits are tied into the way we behave every day. And when we're not able to complete them, that anxiety pops up, that discomfort pops up, That's your brain trying to go, look, we got a system here. Don't mess with the system. So it does those mean things to us, which is the first hurdle in trying to build new habits. And then the second is the habit has to be repeated enough times for it to stick and getting to that magic number. We don't actually know what that is. Some people will say it's 21 days or it's 30 days. That's not actually true. What it is is the amount of times. And if your habit loop only happens one time a day, then yes, it is gonna take you quite a bit longer than if you can make that habit happen multiple times per day, all of the sudden it becomes easier to follow through with. So those are two things that are really standing in our way when we try to build ourselves new habits. And so one thing I would suggest is if we have a habit of thought or a habit of being that's really tied deeply to our identity. Before we look for ways to change that completely, like before we go, I'm about to become a morning person <laughs> and I'm gonna alter everything <laughs> about you know how I behave, we need to find a way to make that habit both rewarding and tied into the identity that we're building for ourselves. And if that is, I wake up in the morning, I listen to the artist forge, I get inspired, you know, I'm I'm with people that I think are really fantastic and they motivate me to my day, and that is the reward, then that's gonna be an assistance to that change where it's not so difficult. And that reward might be, you know, I get to have my my all the different words that Michelle used for her awesome espresso. <laughs> I don't drink coffee so I don't moga frappa hapa chappa what all all the things. Um, If that is your reward for the morning, right, or whatever it is, if we can find those things, those rewards that we can give ourselves as part of that habit change behavior, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to make those work. And if you're the night guy and that is like the time for you, then it might be best just to find out how you can arrange your habits in ways so that you still have that time at night maybe that means your advertising goes out to night owls right like you're like hey folks this is for the vampires of the world i know you're out there and you don't want to show up at a photo studio at 10 o'clock in the morning you want to show up at 11 o'clock at night or whatever it is um you can try to alter things so that they serve the habits that you've already built so just think about that. There might be ways that you can do that. Of course, I'm always gonna advocate for morning people because we're technically diurnal creatures. Um, and, uh, and we tend to, as a, as a whole, statistically, we tend to, to work better when we work with the sun as the bounds to our day. But there are those folks who just tend in the opposite direction. And maybe that's something that you lean into instead of trying to break, especially if it's making you feel guilty
0: And anybody makes you feel guilty, kick them. (laughs) So don't, don't really kick them, but kick them. (laughs) Nicole, I think it's, it's interesting that you bring it around to reward. I would even encourage you to dig a little deeper into priority. Um, Because when we're building habits, whether it's, it's, well, I'm speaking specifically around like intentionally building habits versus just habits we've created out of habit. Um, but when we're looking at our priorities and setting the intention for X, Y, or Z, that purpose can drive the desire to continue with that habit. So like Michelle mentioned, like she leaves her creativity to the end of the day. And, and in business, like I totally get it. Uh, you know, you want to have like your own special time for that that's not necessarily tied to looking at your bank account at the beginning of the day and making sure your bills are paid and scheduling your your team for different photo shoots that are coming up. However, I would encourage everyone to look at the purpose of X, Y, or Z, like whether we're talking about awards or creative time and remind you that Creativity, especially, is why people are booking with you. It's about your system and your process um, and to allow yourself the opportunity to see that as part of your business. So allowing you to create a habit of playing an iPad before you get into award submissions at the beginning of the day versus leaving it for the end after your energy is spent, what is the, the priority here? Is the priority about accreditation with other, you know, awards things, or maybe it's, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out in the morning, even though like for me working out, I actually work out better, like later in the day, late afternoon, early evening, because it wrecks me. So I know an hour after I'm done working out, like I just want to go to bed. I want to eat all the things and I want to go to bed. I'm not one of those people that gets energized and is like, let's take on the day, right? But I understand that my priority in staying healthy requires that I move my body, right? So I I know that that time block goes there in the afternoon because that can be best spent for how my energy flows throughout the day. So what's the the priority, is it, whether it's health or business or personal or spiritual, when you attach the end result to what you're trying to create the habit for, that becomes a motivating factor.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kat. And it's interesting um, because those things, that is a reward, right? Like knowing that you're functioning better or that this thing is serving your goal and now you've seen it happen, that is a reward as well. Um, and I know David would talk about the fact that the biggest motivation is tying something into your, your purpose, right? Like your deep heart motivations Absolutely. and those things. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so, but I think sometimes the trick with those is that they take a, a little while to realize, which is why sometimes it's, it can be difficult for folks to stick with a habit long enough for it to become the habit. So you have to even build a habit of thought. That reminds you, I'm doing this because, right? And so if that's, you know, whichever priority that you're talking about, Kat, like I'm doing this because I know it's going to help me sleep better tonight. I'm doing this because my sleep is sacred to me. I'm doing this because um, it's going to help me get that accreditation that's going to look really great for my clients. It's whatever it is, we have to build almost a habit of thought then to remind ourselves of how this thing we're doing ties into our purpose, our priority, all of that stuff so that we can motivate, motivate ourselves through those times when the habits that we previously have built try to exert themselves. And that's something that's worth mentioning. Once a habit is built, y'all, it never actually goes away. So this is why a lot of people will take the mantra, which I, I don't love, but it seems to help some people, is once an addict, always an addict. Some people will take that and use that to their benefit because they understand that once a habit is built, It doesn't actually go away. It can be overridden and superseded by different habits, which is why it's often so valuable for folks who have been down that long, hard path to remove themselves from the environment in which those things took place because it removes a lot of those triggers that were built into the way that we behaved. And so whether, um, you know, whether... I didn't mean for this to be about addiction but it just was a a really great example because it is such a powerful thing to have to deal with powerful habit to have to break if you can supersede those habits by changing things up and that could be as simple as rearranging your living room where you don't have to take the same path to the doorway anymore all of the sudden that break in habit makes the overall habit change easier to accomplish um, because those habits that existed before aren't stepping up and trying to supersede what you're doing. Because if you trigger it, your brain wants to complete it because it's deep, deep in there. Um, So just keep that in mind. The more changes you can make to facilitate the new habits, including the change of thought that Kat was mentioning, um, the easier it's gonna be to build them instead. Carol, go ahead.
4: Um, I just wanted to say it's like having a habit that has flexibility because I walk every day, but it kind of has to do with the temperature. And it's actually still too warm some days here to walk, and other days it's too cold. So I find the most temperate time for that um, with with the goal of, you know, for health. and and it becomes where you know it feels like it's missing okay when am i going to fit it into to my afternoon but it will be fit into my afternoon so uh a little bit harder it's easier if it's if it's the same time every day in the summer it's the same time when the sun goes down that's the coolest time of day but um yeah just wanted to add that some flexibility within the habit you know i'm done
1: all right, y'all. So we are at the end of our hour, and I want to see if we have any final thoughts today on habit, whether that is a habit of thought, a habit of being, a habit of behavior, systems that we're building, anything like that. Are there any final thoughts there?
3: I was glad, actually, that you, you pointed out um, how anxiety factors into the creation and you know use of habits and habits actually kind of function as antithesis to anxiety, um, which is something I, I actually do think about a lot. Like, why am I such a stress case all day? Because I don't have the structure that I want to have in my my daily life. Um, and I, I think I mentioned once upon a time months ago um, about my my interest in humanism, particularly like secular humanism, which is the concept of uh, kind of like the, the human as divine rather than an actual like god or deity and so a focus on you know human behavior and human ritual um and often when we think of that word ritual it tends to have religious connotations right and you see you know these kind of habits um if you have grown up in a religious household or you're practicing whatever um where, you know, it it tends to alleviate that anxiety because you know exactly what's coming, right? If you go to, you know, shul or church or whatever on, you know, whatever day, you know exactly what's going to happen. You can go to any, you know, temple or church and know exactly what's going to happen. You know, the songs, you know, the prayers, you have that sense of familiarity and know what is going to happen. And there is no anxiety even in the place of something new. Um, So like having those habits in place where you know exactly what's going to happen and what's expected relieves that anxiety so much. And that correlation there is very interesting to me. And I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Yeah, Becca, I mean you I'm I'm glad that you kind of expanded on that a little bit because that's actually been a really incredibly important part of managing my anxiety. Um, and in a way, I kind of call that being that's me being a control freak. Um, But what it actually is, is predictability, right? And the most difficult and dangerous environments for humans to be in from from an evolutionary perspective is unpredictable ones because it makes it less likely that we're going to be able to protect ourselves because we don't know what to expect. And so building those habits, you're absolutely right from an anxiety perspective, helps manage anxiety in a huge way. And when we are in situations where, you know, we have a a sleep disordered kiddo, um, obviously the unpredictability of that environment means you're going to be dealing with a lot more stress. And for those of us who have been down the parenting path, when our kiddos are little, that can be, for many of us, the most stressful time of being a parent because of the fact that everything is disordered all the time. And it is so, so hard to get into a place of peace and comfort because of exactly the reasons that Becca just described. Um, And so as a way to kind of end this, if there's one thing I could encourage everybody to do really, really deeply is build yourself a bedtime ritual. And I'm, I'm using the word ritual on purpose, but Cicela mentioned, you know, tying in her skincare routine to brushing your teeth. Um, Excuse me. Many of us, also people who have been parents, we will have built bedtime rituals for our kiddos. And maybe that's they brush their teeth and get into their jammies. They come and get a hug. We lay them down in bed. We rub their head. We read them a story. We turn off the light. We close the door. Whatever it is, we've kind of built these bedtime rituals. Your sleep is one of the most important gifts that you can give yourself from even just a highly physical perspective. There are things that you need that you can only get from deep sleep when you're in a deep sleep your brain gets a blood bath which basically helps wash out a lot of toxins that accumulate it does a whole bunch of really important things for you It helps lower your blood pressure it's actually going to lower um, your insulin levels it's going to help you eat better all kinds of really really important things are tied to the health of your sleep and so if you can if you're in a place where you can see what bedtime rituals you can make for yourself whether that is you know i have a cup of chamomile tea I brush my teeth, I lay down, I read um, my favorite book for 30 minutes and then I turn the lights off and you know, whatever it is, make it something you can enjoy. Make it a way to turn before bedtime into an enjoyable ritual because you will find that you're gonna sleep better, which is going to change the whole way you approach your day. I promise you, as somebody who never had any before and then got really hyper protective of my sleep, I get at least four to five hours of deep sleep and at least eight hours of sleep every single night. I protect this very much. Nobody gets to mess with me on it. That is what I do. Um, And it absolutely has changed so much. Energy levels, um, inspiration levels, everything works better because I'm giving my body the rest that it needs. So if there's one thing I would encourage you to do, if you haven't purposefully built any habits yet for yourself, I would encourage you to build those bedtime habits. Even if your bedtime is happening at different times, maybe some days you can hit the sack at 10 p.m. and maybe others you can't get to bed until, you know, 11 or one or two or whatever it is. um, Try to keep at least that ritual. Let your body know we are winding down now. Let's start decompressing. Let's start getting rid of the stress. Let's do these ritualistic things that make us feel good so that sleep is going to be easier to find. It will change your life. Absolutely. So just a big encouragement there. And remember, these habits are things that are going to happen whether we build them intentionally or not. They're going to be built circumstantially. They're going to be built environmentally. They're going to be built by what people tell you about yourself. And then you take those in and they become internal habits of thought these habits are going to happen. So you can either let your environment build them for you or you can purposefully take them over and construct them in a way that serves you. It does take effort, which is why you need to make them, if you have not read yet, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, please get that book for yourself and read it or listen to it on audio, but make them easy, make them rewarding, make the bad habits more difficult to access There's a lot of things that you can do to make these habits stick. Um, It is going to take effort and sometimes you're going to need some support. So find somebody who can be accountable, but do what you can because those good habits are going to reduce anxiety, make you healthier, make you more productive, make you happier, make your environment more pleasing. All those things are involved in, in building those great habits. So I hope today's conversation was helpful. Hopefully you were able to take something from it and you'll be able to put some of those things for use, even if, as Cicela said, I forgot that I wanted to mention it, Cicela, but it's so important, and I'm so glad you brought it up, even if it means you're giving yourself permission to quit after five minutes. I only have to do five minutes, but then I can quit, or I only have to do two minutes, but then I can quit. I only have to put away the dishes, and then I can be done. You are practicing the habit of showing up, and that is hugely important and will almost always build upon itself into the full habit or the completion of the full habit. So give that gift to yourself. And hopefully you will be competing in the January challenge. We are all going to be making art with only the camera on our phone. That is the assignment. It can be anything you want, but it has to be the camera on your phone. And at the last Thursday, when we do our live stream, we'll be grabbing those from the group with the hashtag January challenge. We'll be grabbing those from the group and uh, and practicing our visual literacy on them. So I hope you'll be joining us in doing that fun challenge. And I also hope we will see you all tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time at 6 a.m. for the West Coast and 9 a.m. for the East Coast afternoon for our friends overseas. Don't forget to go check out theartistforge.com where the podcasts are going up along with short blog posts and transcripts. So if you prefer to read and you want to grab a hold of the transcripts so you can pull quotes or break stuff down or just read what was said in previous uh, clubhouse rooms, you can do that. And in the meantime, go make something amazing, and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.